Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Uneducated Economist here. So, I'm going to leave a link down in the description for you guys to an article talking about the conundrum that the Federal Reserve is in. And it's a really good article. The guy goes over, you know, the author of the article goes over quite a bit of information and ideas on where it is that we are seeing this inflation and how it is that the Federal Reserve can combat this inflation or what it is that the Federal Reserve could do. Now, part of this inflation, I'm going to say it straight up. We've already had the inflation. The inflation is the expansion of money and credit. That has already taken place. What we were looking for was the price increasing like the Federal Reserve was anticipating. They wanted that 2% target inflation rate. For years, they had printed up all this money and it, and it failed to produce that 2% target inflation. But now we have a huge supply chain breakdown taking place and we're seeing the prices moving up like exponentially. Everybody wants to point at the Federal Reserve and say it's the monetary policy coming from the Federal Reserve. Look at all the money printing and look at the prices go up, hand in hand. Don't need to even look anywhere else. This is it. But if you go and you look at lumber, we saw a huge supply chain breakdown. Mills depleted their inventory, shut down production. People were stuck at home. They ran out, bought a bunch of lumber because they wanted to improve their surroundings, build new decks and fences, and remodel their garages. People bought a lot of lumber at the same time there was a huge inventory depletion taking place. What happened to the prices? They went through the roof. 1700 per thousand. I was selling a 2 by 4 8 standard and better for over $13 a piece. I work at a lumber yard. Right? For those of you who don't know, I do retail sales for a living. So now we're sitting at 530 per thousand on the 2, on two by 4 random length on the futures market. Prices have come down to a normal price. I am selling two by fours for the same price I was selling them for back in 2018, 2017, before the pandemic, before the shutdowns, before all the depletion of inventory. It's the same price. Tell me, if there was a if there was destruction of the dollar, where would the lumber prices be? Much higher, right? Much higher than the four dollars that I'm selling for right now. I mean, if there was total destruction of the dollar, we should see two by four selling for eight, ten, twelve dollars regularly. But that's not what happened. It was an inventory depletion. It was a huge demand for prices went through the roof and then they came back down. It's not that hard to explain. It was a lot of finger pointing saying like they're doing it on purpose. And yeah, when you shut down a mill, that's doing it on purpose. When you shoot yourself in the foot and say, hey, man, I can't go to work. Then, yeah, it's done on purpose. Was it done on purpose to cause the prices to go to seventeen hundred per thousand? I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say, yeah, that's what happened. I have a feeling that they shut down the mills thinking that nobody was going to be buying lumber and did not expect that people were going to be building decks and fences and raised garden beds and remodeling their house so they could work at home. I don't think that they anticipated that. And I tell you, we didn't anticipate it at the lumber yard. I mean, we weren't sitting around going, holy moly, man, we're about ready to sell more lumber than we have ever sold. We were talking about how we were going to have to shut the yard down. 
thinking that nobody was going to be coming in. Quite the opposite happened. So was it done on purpose or accident? I mean, did they know that everybody was going to run out and grab all that lumber? I don't know. Maybe they did. I mean, maybe they knew. It's like, you know, if we shut the place down, make everybody stay home, they're going to want a garden. <laughs> I mean, you know, who knew that? But that's what happened. So now here we are sitting in a situation in which that we have huge inventory depletions. The warehouses are full. The ports are full. There's still ships stocked up outside of the outside of the ports waiting to get unloaded. There's a load of inventory waiting to get into this country, but yet it's not making it to the retailers. There's a huge demand out there. Supposedly, there's a huge demand out there, which is causing the prices to go up. Now, think about this for just a second. Huge, overwhelming demand. Go and look at that article. There is a, a graph in that article. He has like, I don't know, four or five graphs in there. One of them shows a spike in demand that is just overwhelming. It's like it's a bigger spike in demand than has occurred over the last 50 years. Now, I have a tendency to believe that this is false demand. And you think about it. You have a supply crunch and a huge demand. What happens to prices? They go up. But what if that demand is false? What if it isn't really as big as they say it is? What if they're misinterpreting what it is that has taken place. Think about this for just a second. There is millions of items, billions of items out there that stores would transfer through their like on a weekly basis. They would sell two or three a week. They would bring in two or three a week. No problem, right? Just in time delivery. Everything worked out swimmingly. But now we have an issue where you may or may not get that item. And if you don't have it, you can't sell it. And if you don't have it, you can't build your product. So what do you do? You order more than what you normally do. See, we had a just-in-time delivery that doesn't work anymore. So now we need to start stocking up. You see? There's not any more selling taking place. In fact, there's probably even less selling taking place because a lot of times you don't have the item on hand at the time that they need it. So what ends up happening is instead of waiting on this just-in-time delivery, stores are starting to stock up. Now, for example, I experienced that just today. Normally, we have a particular trim, right? It's a five-quarter by four exterior primed finger-jointed cedar trim. It's a very simple product. Everybody stocks this. Problem is, is that everybody's wanting this stuff. And the availability is very limited meaning they can only produce so much of it. And everybody keeps asking for more and more of this stuff. We ask for 20 pieces and we sell 20 pieces like that. So we ask for 40 pieces and they say, well, sorry, we can only really send you maybe 30 pieces because we got to make sure that everybody has plenty to sell. You know, you can't not sell everything to one customer. You get allocations. Well, if you know that you're going to be allocated, if you know that if you order 40, you're only going to get 30, well, then you might order 80 because you want to stock up because you keep running out. And if you run out, then you can't sell it and you can't build your product. So now instead of waiting on a just-in-time delivery, a lot of stores are starting to stock up. They're buying more than what they typically would to make sure that they have it on hand. They're ordering more than what they typically would because they know they're going to get allocated against and they're going to get less in than what they are ordering. 
This is showing this overwhelming demand that doesn't really exist. And the supply is being crunched because of all the backlogs. You see what's happening here? This doesn't have anything to do with monetary policy. This has to do with the supply chain breakdown. Now, if the Federal Reserve was to raise interest rates to try and stifle the increasing in prices, like basically as prices go up, if you raise the interest rates, you make it more burdensome to take out loans. If you take it, make it more burdensome to take out loans, people will stop buying cars, houses, going on vacation. Those prices will have to come down. The only reason why they go up is because people can take out a loan to get it. If you can't get the loan, then the prices won't be as high as they are. We talked about this with mattresses. If you couldn't get a loan for a $5,000 mattress, there would not be $5,000 mattresses out there. So let's say, for example, the Federal Reserve does try to combat the interest or the inflation with the interest rate hiking. How will that solve the supply chain problem? It won't. It will make it worse. Reason is, is that right now we are not waiting on things to just magically fix themselves. It won't work that way. What we need is entrepreneurs. We need people who understand the distribution network, see the profitability in getting the items to the stores. If they can figure that out and make it happen, those are the ones who are going to make the supply chain breakdown dissipate. But if you make it more cumbersome on them by increasing the interest rates and making borrowing money to make those facilities or to facilitate the, the distribution of it, if you make that more cumbersome on them, then you're going to have an issue with getting the entrepreneurs out there to try and move that product. You see what's happening here? Like people are saying, we need to, you're going to have to raise the interest rates to deal with all the price increases. If you do that, you're going to make it burdensome on the entrepreneurs who then will not be able to start distributing those items from the warehouses to the retailers in a more profitable manner. It will actually have the opposite effect. And I feel that the prices will continue to go up as <clears throat> As the, as the supply chain breakdown would continue. That's how I see it. So I don't know like what it is that the Federal Reserve is going to do, what they're supposed to do, or what it is that the people are going to demand that the Federal Reserve do. Because right now I see them screaming at the Federal Reserve saying it's their monetary policy that is causing this inflation and that if they don't raise the interest rates, we're going to run into hyperinflation scenario. I don't agree with that. I think that if they kept the interest rates low, directed their efforts towards entrepreneurs to try and move those products, those people would get those products moved, distributed, and we would have a functioning distribution network again. I honestly believe that's the way it would go down. But I don't think that's going to happen. They want to keep the prices up. They want to make sure that we don't go into a deflationary scenario. And if you can keep the supply chain broken, nobody will notice that it's not a monetary issue, but a supply and demand issue. And then they can continue on with, you know, convincing everybody that it's their efforts that are causing this. Anyhow, uneducated economists, you guys let me know. I got a piece of mail here. Let me open this up for you guys. Oh, shit. I wrote, tore the letter. Oh, wow, right on. It says, okay for you to use my name, Ziggy. All right. 
Simon, enjoy my gifts. I hope you find my advertising your videos on Twitter beneficial. I'm not certain how much good it does, but the efforts it's the effort that counts. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. I have one thing I would like to share with you from the preface of my Economics 101 college textbook from the course I took several years ago. Everyone makes an economic choice every minute of every day. We are constantly determining what is in our best interest economically. For example, you are currently making this video because it benefits you more than not making it. When I wrote this letter, it was more beneficial for me to share with you than watching the talking head on my TV. Then, when I watch the video, it will be at a time that is more valuable for me to be watching you instead of doing something else. People make economic choices all the time. Everyone tries to complicate economics when really it's very simple. Anyway, I hope you find this beneficial. I have Ziggy. Thank you, Ziggy, man. That is very, very cool of you to send me... What does this say? It says to send me a $20 bill in the letter. I really appreciate that. But then, what does this say? It says, try to spend this. Lots of laughs. Let's take a look. It's a silver, uh, it's a silver bullion, but let's see which one he sent me. For your information, this is a novelty. It has no intrinsic value, but it has, but it is fun to use to mess with people. Oh, okay, so it's just a token. Oh, cool! It's a Bitcoin token. Right on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That is very cool. Somebody else had sent me some uh, a Bitcoin token very similar to this. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That's really cool, of you. And the $20. I really appreciate it, man. You guys are very awesome. You treat me really well. And um, get money out of politics. <laughs> right on. You guys are awesome. I can't thank you enough. Uneducated economist. You guys let me know.